Well, good day and welcome to episode 44 of the Omer Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with Matt and Steve, even though we've had a few technical difficulties. Matt, how are you doing? I am just fantastic. It looks like it. You look so happy to be here. Uh, Steve, hello. It's good to see you as well. How are you? I'm doing very well. And Matt, that's a lovely angle for you. I I think that that camera works just fine. I think the lighting in particular is flattering. So you're welcome for that one. Thanks. That's so nice of you guys. It is. Just trying out a new look. I think it's a great look and I think you should do it all the time. (laughs) Well, folks, this is episode 44 of the Ember Gaming Podcast. And we're excited to talk to you about some exciting things. The topic of today's podcast is our favorite action and adventure characters, and then a little who would win in a battle discussion following that. But to start, we're going to kick it off with everyone's favorite show, Coffee Talk. But before we even get to that, the house is disgusting, so let's keep it first up on housekeeping. Please follow us on social media. We are at Umbra. Umbra? We're at Umbra. Umbra. We are at Umbra underscore gaming on twitter and at ombra gaming on instagram where you can keep up with all of our latest tweets jokes pictures memes and all the stuff in betweens you like what i did there mm-hmm. that was pretty good you can also find us on twitch.tv slash ombra underscore gaming where we stream almost every single day of the week just like we're doing now live recording this very episode of the podcast for a bunch of best best buds so if you enjoy our content and if you want to check out our streams that go on almost every single day of the week, you can do exactly that again over at twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming. Fun fact, it was almost Ombra underscore streams. Oh, yeah. A little Ombra lore for you there. Hashtag Ombra lore? Next up on Housekeeping, you can also keep up with everything we do, articles, uh, social media, the podcast, and everything else at ombragaming.com. That's just where all of our content lives. So go check out Ombra, da- Ombra Daming. <laughs> I thought you were saying Ombra Naked. That's actually, Ombra Naked is actually exclusively reserved for the $300 a month patrons. Uh, so yeah, check out OmbraGaming.com for all of our content goodness. And if you love our content so, so much, you can join our amazing group of patrons over at Patreon.com slash OmbraGaming, where every single dollar will go right back into the show and make us the very best podcast we can possibly be. It will make us fulfill our potential. And wouldn't it be wonderful if you were a part of it? The answer is yes. We have an amazing group of people supporting us month in and also month out, and we would appreciate it if you wanted to join that group of people. We also have some pretty rad rewards, so if you want to check out what things we have to offer for our patrons, head over to patreon.com slash gaming and help us grow, because we would appreciate it. What else? Packs will already have been done by the time this comes out, I probably had a great time. Or I've been kidnapped by Brian and I'm still in Seattle. Send help. You know, just putting out all the options. <clears throat> Let's see. I got, I got to pull up the ad read because I'm bad at remembering things. Is just part of who I am. And if you can't have me at my best or whatever the phrase is, then you it's don't hear me at my worst. That's not the phrase. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's the opposite <laughs> yeah. of that. That ain't it. That's actually pretty. It works out pretty well because you just said he has a tough time remembering things. So That's <laughs> true. And last up on housekeeping, as always, this episode is brought to you by Nerdiest Brands, which is a fantastic website that features products from designers and vendors all over the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you want to go check out some rad nerdy gear, head over to Nerdiest Brands, that's N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, Brands. 
.com. Last time I threw a curveball at you, and I said .gov. That's a little foreshadowing for the episode that's coming out tomorrow. Oh, and backshadowing when this episode comes out. In two weeks. Or, uh, 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 in if next it's backshadowing, week, isn't it just like a shadow? I don't know how shadows work. Somebody call Tambo. He seems to be a scientist of sorts. Is he? Is that what it is? He probably knows a thing or two about uh, shadows. In any case, thank you to them for sponsoring the show. So now that the house is nice and clean, let's keep the show going. It's time for Coffee Talk with Matt Martinez. Oh, I don't think Matt's here today. Who do we have in place of Matt for uh, Coffee Talk? Well, welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm your host, Donna D. This is the Rapid Fire Show where Manny and Steven will each give their take on a variety of topics in under 30 seconds each as we all sip on piping hot mugs of Arabica coffee. All right, let's get started. I got to catch a train soon. All right, first topic, Steven. The next Smash Brothers or Anthem, which will be better? Discuss. It's an outrageous question. They're two completely different games. <laughs> like It's like asking, is it better to eat pie or go on a roller coaster? Like, they're just two completely separate <laughs> things. Like, what's, um, I don't know, Smash Brothers, I guess? It'll be just more fun for a, a bigger group of people. You have 10 seconds. I don't know what else to say. This is a, this is a weird one. Time. All right. Manny, yes. the next Smash Brothers or Anthem, which will be better? Discuss. I'm going to say Smash. I'm going to agree with my comrade here, Steve. I'm going to say Smash uh, because he's right. It's going to be more pleasing to a larger group of folks. I think it also has much more of a history in the video gaming world. So I think given its history, uh, given uh, the hype that's building up behind it, I think it's going to do wonderful things. It's also couch co-op, which I think is a special thing in the gaming world. So extra points for that. That's all I got to say on that. All right. Three seconds left. I'd like to say thank you. Nope, yeah, time's up. (laughs) All right. So close. (laughs) So close. All right, second topic, Manny. Oh, yeah. Cyberpunk gameplay video. Are we looking at GTA Cyberpunk or the Elder Scrolls Cyberpunk? Discuss. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say it's a little bit closer. Oh, man. I'm going to say a little bit closer to, to Elder Scrolls. Um, I think it's more complex than GTA. I think there's much more, um, there's like more in the way of progression. I think uh, there's going to be more time invested into thinking about how the long-term gameplay will look for each individual player, which is, isn't really something that's considered in GTA. It's more of a, of a chaos and a mission kind of thing. You're in and you're out. That's GTA. Whereas Cyberpunk seems more uh, complicated and involved. So I'm going to say... Oh, there's your time. Oh, I almost I had one word. I had one word left. All right. Steven. Cyberpunk gameplay. Is it GTA Cyberpunk or the Elder Scrolls Cyberpunk? I'm going to have to also side with Manny on this. That it's more like the Elder Thank Scrolls. You. There's just way too more uh, much of an advanced skill tree from what you're seeing. There's a, there's a bunch of different combat mechanics as well. Like GTA doesn't have that stuff. GTA is really just these like fast-paced car scenes mediocre gunplay and that's not what you're seeing with cyberpunk i think obviously people look back at elder scrolls like skyrim and sure the fighting isn't anything amazing but it was still satisfying now this is something that's going to be on the next generation systems and i think it's going to be more refined oh and you finished just in time wow that's how they do it you know (laughs) it's true that is how they do it uh all right third topic steven fortnite skins or Overwatch skins. Discuss. I've only really earned any Overwatch skins. I'm not really for either of them. I think it's outrageous that people will spend money on the Fortnite skins, though. 
Like they're, they're fake clothes. They're just fake clothes. So I don't I don't understand spending money. So I'll go with Overwatch skins. That they're free. Fake clothes. Fake Sad. clothes. Sad. All right. Right, Manny. Fortnite skins or Overwatch skins? Discuss. I'm going to say Overwatch skins. Not only do I play Overwatch way more than I play Fortnite, um, I think the Overwatch skins, they uh, create more investment in the character. I think it adds to the lore of each character, which is important, whereas the Fortnite skins are just gimmicky little things that make kids want to spend their money or their parents' money, which is worse. Yeah, I also think the the Overwatch skins, the, the Mercy skin that they did for Breast Cancer Awareness is fantastic, so bonus points for that. I'm going to say Overwatch skins fight me on it oh one second boom oh that was after that doesn't count no dabbing oh come on no dabbing (laughs) take that dab back all right and lastly this is the autumn wild card round is it autumn yet it's almost yeah it definitely doesn't feel like autumn (laughs) i feel like i'm wrapped in a blanket but also sitting on the sun not even possible i'm gonna ask for uh uh, scientific evidence from tambo on that it'd be too hot i didn't even ask the question yet question away Manny, yeah, pumpkin pie or apple pie? Discuss. That is a tough one, mm. and I will answer it thusly. Pumpkin pie, unless the apple pie is heated up. So I think pumpkin pie is great when it's fresh and it has a tiny bit of warmth, but it's also even better when it's chilled. I think you actually have to chill it in order to serve it, but sometimes you get people who show up to your house uh, for like Thanksgiving and they bring it that it's, you know, they bring a pumpkin pie that's too fresh and it's a little bit gooey mm. and it's still okay, mm. but I'm going to go pumpkin pie cold, apple pie warm if given the option. That's time. I- oh, fuck. All right, Stephen, apple pie or pumpkin pie? Discuss. I'm going to go with a warm apple pie with a little bit of ice cream on it, you know? And most people will yeah. go with like vanilla. Coffee ice cream is pretty good with it. I recommend you give it a try because mm. while I don't drink coffee, I do appreciate uh, the coffee flavor, especially in ice cream form. So let me tell you, you go home. Well, not home tonight because, again, it's it's a thousand degrees. So this Thanksgiving, warm yourself up a piece of apple pie, throw some coffee ice cream on it, maybe even put a little bit of hot fudge on it, go a little crazy, you know, and just enjoy. Have a, have a night. Have a whole thing of it. Just a whole pie. <laughs> just eat the entire pie. doesn't matter what kind. Great answers. Great topic discussion. Some great topics. Good job, Donna. Good job, Donna. Go catch your train. That's been Coffee Talk. I'm off to catch the 7 train. I got to make it to Sunnyside. Good night. Thank you, Donna D, for hosting Coffee Talk. The most relaxing and yet the most tense game I think we've played today. <laughs> Very tense. Well, folks, that was Coffee Talk, which means it's time for the topic of the podcast, which, as I stated at the top of the show, is our favorite action and adventure character. So each of us have picked two action and adventure characters from video games that we know and love and we're going to talk about what makes them so great and then at the end of that we're going to talk about what a battle might actually look like between them let's start it off with steve who is your first action adventure favorite i'm going to go with one that's probably pretty obvious to most people who have listened to anything i've ever said on this podcast first one or ever or just ever in you know because that's just how i greet people is like hi i'm a huge metal gear solid fan so i'm going with big boss circa metal gear solid 3 he is a survivor for sure like that plane crash at the beginning all right i guess we have to say spoilers for metal gear solid 3 just metal gear solid 3 no one's played that game so he survives the little plane crash and it introduces those awesome mechanics in the game of actually having to heal yourself which was new for the franchise at the time it kind of expanded into a little bit more of an open world style game and you got to see how badass of a soldier big boss was Mm. um 
obviously the storyline with the boss, the main antagonist, who's really not an antagonist, because again, Kojima just playing those tricks. Like, she's really the one trying to make sure shit doesn't hit the fan, and she basically right. sacrificed herself to do so. So he learns a valuable lesson at the end. So not only is he just a great soldier in the sense that he carries out his, his missions to um, completion every single time, and he... <laughs> He makes sure that he... <laughs> <laughs> he certainly carried a mission to complete. He sure did. <laughs> and so, not only is he a great soldier where he actually completes his missions, <laughs> he learns a valuable lesson where he doesn't become just a pawn in the government's plans moving yeah. forward. He realizes that they used him and the boss's relationship to kind of basically secure their interests, and that's when he goes off and creates his own army without borders. And basically... He has principles. I mean, whether you agree with him or not, he's a man who stands for something. Of course, you play with him in Metal Gear Solid Five, and then you get to see him at his full potential, which is a lot, a lot of fun. So, big boss, great yeah. action adventure character. Actually, has some depth. He's depth. He's not just like Solid Snake, who is a clone and always gets snuck up on, even though he's supposed to be some great soldier. Like, Meryl was constantly sneaking up on him. Like, he never <laughs> yeah. saw it coming. The guy's gone through years of training. <laughs> Yeah, and then he's just like, you got me again. It's just like, no, Snake, like, yeah. I, I even said hi back there. Like, I wasn't trying to be sneaky. Like, I was just right, coming in. Right. So Big Boss, all-time classic action-adventure hero. I also think your point about depth is really important, especially given the context of Metal Gear Solid Five, because I think there, he's one of the, I would say, one of the most complex characters of the entire franchise. And I think, obviously, that's part, part of it is due to the fact that, like, he's the focus of a, a large portion of the franchise yeah no i think like even for other characters like the end or um or like even the boss like i think like he actually has more depth and, and complexity to him because there's a lot of things that given the lore behind his character you realize that he's grappling with throughout good pick steve unbiased opinion i don't have a tattoo of metal gear on my body and uh never uh, kojima who i don't know sounds like a dumb game anyway uh matt why don't you go next cool don't know if i picked my favorites but i picked people that i do like just throwing that out there first (laughs) i like how we do a a topic where it's like pick your favorites he's like i don't really love these ones (laughs) yeah which is so on brand we'll be like all right let's all come up with three and then he'll go and it'll be like so i came up with one but I'm going to talk about it for three people's worth of time. And you're like, God damn it. I know. I do it all the time. Yeah. I do it all the time. I dropped my coaster on the floor. I had to pick it up. Pick it up. The house is clean. This is like, this is like one of those times where he can gush about his favorite characters. He's like, I don't want to give myself that, that pleasure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk yeah, about right. some mediocre characters at best. Oh my God. I can't wait till we do the MMORPG version of this game so I can only talk about WoW characters. Yeah, so you would be the only one on the episode or just be you in an yeah. empty room? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Who's okay. your first so uh, my f- mediocre character? I can't even say favorites. <laughs> no, my uh, character that I like from an action <laughs> game. <laughs> that really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My first character is Bayek from Assassin's Creed Origins. Bayek is an assassin. He uh, forms, I forget what they call it in the game, but he forms basically the first iteration of the assassins. Um, And he, you know, the story starts off with, uh, he uh, is in the town of Siwa. He's like this small-time guy. And he, you know, experiences the 
death of his son and is stricken with a passion for revenge. Uh, he also has a deep love of his wife, which mm. is very romantic and something that really lives throughout the game, uh, which I like a lot. Uh, and he basically just goes around murdering people. Right. You, he, yeah, he is a... I don't know. I think he's a really, for an Assassin's Creed game, I know everyone usually points to like Ezio as being one of the most well-realized characters, and I agree with that too. But I think Bayek has a lot of strengths uh, in terms of his voice acting, in terms of his character development. I think a lot of the quests do a good job of continuing to illustrate just how much he loves his wife and just how much Mm. he loves his son. And you truly feel like there's a, a family vibe going on and which like really drives his character of being like this father and actually now that i'm mentioning it there are some similarities between like god of war and assassin's creed origin that i guess i i've actually never thought about until this moment right now um the only difference we're all witnessing a moment here we're all witnessing moment the only difference being that in assassin's creed origins bayek's son is not there but still has an interesting similarity in terms of his son's presence throughout the game, which is interesting, and you could write something on that. Note to future Matt. Listen to this episode next week when we release it, and you'll be like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I think Bayek is a really great character. I think maybe he's a little underrated in terms of like action RPG characters, but um, I think if you play the game, a lot of the story missions, uh, you get a really good sense of who he is as a person, Mm. um, and you often feel connected to him on a personal level if you are a part of a family and care about those people. Very cool. I just want to shout out to Jimmy. He's a huge Assassin's Creed fan. Oh, nice. So I'm sure he was really excited to hear you mention Bayek. Um, I didn't. I haven't played Assassin's Creed in so long. I think I haven't played it since like the second one um, in the entire series. But I've obviously heard some really amazing things about Origins. And Odyssey looks phenomenal. And I will. it'll probably be the first one I pick up in like almost a decade. I like that they're implementing RPG choices. I think that's a really smart move. And I think the Assassin's Creed brand has done what it's done for so long that a new RPG element is perfect for what they're trying to do i also want to mention to chat feel free to put in questions we'll scroll up and circle back to questions at the end they can be about anything video gaming related um we'll do it after patch notes so if you have anything you want to talk about just post it in chat and we'll get back to it towards the end of the show um so for me my first favorite action adventure character is going to be agent 47 from the hitman series i love the hitman series very much it was one of the more polished and I think more organized stealth games that I played, Um, having played obviously a lot of Metal Gear, having played games like Splinter Cell, I think there's a certain level of, I almost want to call it like sexiness to the Hitman series that is really sexy (laughs) Hitman. Sexy bald guys, said Manny, projecting some of his insecurities. So um, I think, (laughs) yeah, no, I just think that like when I, I keep hitting my mic. I'm going to move it. I think um, when I first started getting into Hitman, it provides you with so many tools to be effective. I mean, most of those tools are guns. But then if you consider, uh, like, the access to, like, different wardrobes and different... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Disguises. Different disguises. um, I think, like, your world kind of opens up and you really realize that, like, in the Hitman universe, like, everything is... The, the whole uh, level, the whole s- scene is like your playground. Um, there was one level, ah, shit, I forget what what um, game it was in, which one in the series it was in, but there was one where like you were, I think it was like a hotel, 
and there are like multiple levels to this hotel and everyone has a cowboy hat inside they're like cowboy gangsters or whatever you take the guy out you know who's standing outside with like a bottle that you you start off with no weapons you take a bottle you break it which alerts them and but then now you have a you know a half broken bottle and then you kill him and then you dress up like a cowboy and essentially you ride an elevator to the top of the um, hotel where your target is um, and you can obviously play it any number of ways which is like almost a cliche thing to appreciate now it's like you can play it the way you want to play it but back then it was amazing right exactly and i think it still is really important to impactful games but yeah and like i just remember being so immersed in that level and being and being so confident but yet really terrified at the same time and i think part of that is because the character of agent 47 he doesn't really talk a lot he doesn't have a lot of personality and so that lets you come up with your own headcanon and lets you like create uh, a persona for agent 47 and you kind of become agent 47 and and he's very capable i think he's very strategic when he when it comes to how he does business i think the new one is going to be really fun i know you, if you pre-order it you get like that sniper mode arcade style game like now where you can play co-op where one person is a sniper and the other person is like the target caller or something um so that looks really interesting but in any case uh yeah he's one of my favorites i think he's really cool he's got a cool barcode tattoo on the back of his head you know who doesn't want that there's also the movie which i think was like stupid fun it was bad it was really bad but it was oh, also with timothy oliphant yeah <laughs> um there was a scene where he like puts his guns in like uh i think in the top of a toilet or something and he's like i know i'm gonna come here later and then like there's a scene where he's getting attacked and he's like oh yeah i got my uh he's got this signature whatever I forget what silver kind of ballers the silver ballers yeah um, and there's some games where like they're way overpowered. Like you shoot somebody in the chest and they ragdoll like across the level, and you're like, ah, this is fun. But anyway, that's my first. Uh, let's go back to Steve. You're up. So my next and final is a game character who I have spoke a ton about because she's fucking awesome. I'm talking about Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, she's incredibly intelligent, and the way she interacts with the people around her, she never seems like she's superior to them. She always tries to um, see the rationale behind everybody's reasoning, so she, she won't just write somebody off for anything. Um, she'll actually try to hear them out and then make her decision based on their actions and the things that they do and say. She works her ass off to help so many people out in that game. Like they were literally just like, "Hey, I need you to help." find my sister and oh yeah there's a bunch of mechanical dinosaurs that you have to fight to go do it but she doesn't like bring any of them around she doesn't care to ask for help most of the time she goes right. and does it on her own she's resourceful she turns sticks and other things like flowers and plants into her crafting materials to make outrageous weapons they're weapons that are powerful enough to take down mechanical dinosaurs <laughs> She has some cool perks as well. I mean, obviously, if it's just like a, a straight one-on-one -on -one fight, she's probably not going to be able to slow down time when she jumps in the air. However, it's really fun to do it in the game. And overall, she is one of the best video game characters I've ever played as. It's really cool because, like I've mentioned before, you have the intimate connection with her because she's learning about the world around her as you, the player, are. So you really feel like you're kind of embodying Aloy as you play through that game. There's a there's a real um, simplicity to her character in the sense that, you know, she doesn't really know what's going on. She's living in the society, which is this almost futuristic, prehistoric society, which is such a cool take on the yep. whole end of the world thing anyways. So it was really cool to see how you kind of survive that type of environment. 
with things that are always trying to kill you. And she always has to find new ways to do so. And that's going to be my cap off to her is that she always finds new ways to defeat her enemies. Like I've said before, when you're playing that game, like 60 hours in, you're still finding new things that she can do in combat to win. So when I mentioned she's resourceful and intelligent, that all comes into play with the ways you can kind of string different combat mechanics together. Awesome character. Good pick. Uh, Matt. All right, my second person. Um, I, I went back and forth all day between like a few characters. Ultimately, I settled on Cortana from the Halo series to be my second choice. Uh, yes, Halo is a shooter, but I think it's very much in the action-adventure realm. Like I said earlier today when we were talking about this topic, everything is an adventure if you have the right attitude. Cortana is an AI she is constructed from like uh, this this doctor's brain, and she's given this ability, or not the ability, but she's given the uh, a freedom to to like advance as an AI and learn and grow. Um, she, I think, everyone who's played the game is best known for being uh, basically Master Chief's. Basically, the only reason he gets anything done is because of her. Uh, she puts all the puzzle pieces together for him. She helps him. She sacrifices her life for him. Um, she just does a ton to advance the story um, in all... I th- think she, she... Yeah, she's in all four games. I'm not going to mention Halo 5. I just think that plot is dumb, and I think her role in it is dumb. So we're talking about the first four Halo games. <laughs> it's like, 5 doesn't uh, exist. Don't even try to does. tell me that it does. Uh, it's just so weird. I think throughout the games, she's just like a really powerful figure. You know, in terms of storyline, it wouldn't be there without her. Uh, I think as a pair, Master Chief and Cortana are like a great heroic pair. They really set up the game for uh, for the games for sort of a heroic action adventure that you take part in. And I think a lot of the tension in the games too, because to be honest, like the storyline isn't the best. It's not the most clear thing in the world, but a lot of what drives the storyline forward is their relationship. So she's my second pick. I think she's a great character. Good pick. I'm interested to know sort of how she fits into the battle towards the end, but we will cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, my second and last action-adventure character is Rico Rodriguez from the Just Cause series. Also, fun fact, Rico Rodriguez is the name of the actor that plays the little chubby kid from Modern Family. He's like a teenager now well that's what happens people age (laughs) um riga rodriguez is one of the campiest most cliche action heroes of the video game world for those who haven't maybe maybe haven't played uh any of the just cause games it's just like silly ridiculous fun it is essentially action comedy but like a really well-executed action comedy. All of the games are very similar in that regard. I think there's something interesting about him in that nothing, and I mean like nothing, is a challenge for him. I remember Just Cause 2 was one of my favorite games. It's a whole lot of like grappling to the back of a car, riding the car, um, like pulling the guy out, jumping into the car, you know, jumping into the driver's seat. Driving into a group of enemies and parachuting out at the last moment while everything explodes underneath you. And, like, backflipping and grappling to a jet that happens to be flying by. There's a lot of, like, ridiculous and very unrealistic um, action sequences that happen. But I think that makes for, like, a really... Uh, it gives him the ability to, as as one Jimmy Good would call it, adapt and overcome. 
Uh, I think he has a unique ability to like get over any challenge that faces him, including like I think there was a nuclear attack or something in Just Cause 3. There's a lot of shit that gets thrown his way, and I think he can pretty much handle any of it in style and in, in the most cliche way possible. Um, so that's my second pick. So with that, it's time to have a discussion, a civil one, about who would win in what in a six-way battle. A battle royale, if you will. You know? So we're going to start with Matt. Then we're going to go to me. Then we're going to go to Steve. And we all get to pick one winner. Okay? And then once we have uh, three, essentially, who we think would be the winners, then we're going to have a final discussion where we all conclude on who would win that three-way battle so essentially we're we're whittling it down to three people and then we're going to whittle it down to one. Oh yeah i'm sure it'll be super neutral all right yeah matt go ahead so i have bayek and cortana yeah i feel like this one's a little obvious but i could be wrong i don't i, I don't know which one's obvious i don't know what you want from me but <laughs> what on. i jeez <laughs> uh i'm actually i was gonna eliminate cortana okay she is that what you thought? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I don't know how okay, she could good. actually fight, but all right. She has a lot of powers that Steven <laughs> stop. She has a, has a lot of things that she can do, but she relies on someone else. She needs that other, whether it's a computer on a ship that she can integrate with or uh, with like a suit of armor that she can integrate with. Yeah. She needs that housing. Uh, She's basically Amazon Alexa. Yeah, except like smarter and cooler and more <laughs> badass. Alexa. I don't know. My, my Alexa's pretty pretty fucking cool. In Halo 4, she like separates herself or some shit to like kill the didact at the end, which I don't know. She could do that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so she could just just take out she everybody. Thing. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think Bayek's a more realistic choice for a battle situation. I guess I'll go into his strengths in the next round, but uh, for now, I'm just going to say I'll advance Bayek to the next round. All right, Bayek gets a... What is it called on, like, American America's Got Talent? You get a golden ticket or some shit. That's Willy yeah, Wonka. I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing if you think about it. Um, all right, Steve, we'll go with you next. Who is your pick to move on to the next round? Wasn't it supposed to go Matt, you, me? Yeah, I mean, I'll go. Okay, so I'm going to go with uh rico rodriguez i think they're very different agent 47 and rico because i think agent 47 is more effective from a distance rico rodriguez has the ability to be effective at, at distance but maybe not as much as agent 47 but i think his effectiveness in mid to close distance is what would compensate for that um i think agent 47 relies more heavily on stealth and disguise and blending in with surroundings and stuff and then using like swift attacks like like stabbing um, or using like a silenced pistol, whereas I think Rico Rodriguez would just bring the rain and the pain. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Rico. Rico moves on to the next round. Um, Steve, you're up. I got to go with Aloy uh, for the reasons I had mentioned earlier. She's incredibly resourceful. While Big Boss is great at surviving, he does have the knife. He pretty much relies on weapons. I mean, obviously Aloy has weapons too, but I'm, I'm more talking about guns and uh, like assault rifles, pistols, silencers. Sure, most of the plot for him is to be silent and stealth, but shit hits the fan in Metal Gear more often than not, and he resorts to using guns. I think Aloy being able to use like spears, bows and arrows, um, and she's, like I said, athletic. She's able to dodge and weave. She's durable, especially once you get the badass armor at the end of the game. So really, for all the reasons, I, I mean, she's she's just too smart, athletic, quick, strong, 
and obviously she can make a weapon out of like any stick she finds it's pretty remarkable okay so that leaves us that leaves us with rico rodriguez aloy and uh bayek so what are the stipulations of this fight okay stipulations are the fight will take place at night no i'm just kidding i don't care what time of day it takes place in um it's going to take place in a in a field so not you know open field not necessarily many trees there are rocks in the field not like a lot of rocks but there's rocks um i also there it's not like an urban environment there's not a ton of buildings there's not like cars and shit and let's say each character and and let me know if you think this is fair or not each character gets two weapons fair because i don't think it's fair to be like they got all their weapons that they normally have in the games fight because then it'll be like i got this steve goes well she got this and then matt goes you got this and then we go through every single weapon until we run out of weapons so two weapons each two to three i think three i think that's excessive i think two oh, okay yeah, two. I think you're talking <laughs> nine weapons they only got two yeah. hands we'll go primary second bayek's got weapons all over him we're gonna get well that's my point we can't go down that rabbit hole matt we're gonna go two weapons primary secondary cool does your guy does rico get guns rico gets guns yeah you back the wrong horse if you think you can't no, go it up doesn't against matter. guns no you'll see you'll see you don't know bayek's life you're right, I don't, but you're going to tell me what weapons he uses, and at that point, his life is irrelevant. Anyways, let's, um, oh yeah, also, you don't necessarily have to go with your own. I know That's true. all three of us have true. more pride than we know what to do with, but you don't have to back your own horse. Cool? <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Who wants to, who sure. wants to go for it first? Steve's like, yeah, okay, okay. Wait, I want to talk about Bayek's strengths. Talk about Bayek's strengths. Why don't you go first, then? I feel like you guys talked about yours. Um, Bayek has... <laughs> so you're backing your uh, own horse? No, 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 no. I'm just talking about his strengths. All right, go Bayek on. is extremely stealthy. Okay. Uh, that is his whole thing. He is an assassin. Um, Open field. However, just throwing that out there. Well, in Assassin's Creed or- Origins... Tall grass counts as stealth, so he could hide in that field. Okay. But that's besides the point. He has his assassin's blade uh, that he's very good with. He's good with a whole range of weapons from his bow, which is really big in the game, to heavy weapons, to light weapons. He's proficient in, like, basically anything you can pick up. He's very good with it. Um, He has his eagle, Senu, that he can like warp his mind into and you can distract uh your enemies with senu you can scout with senu yeah um so you know you know where your enemies are what they're up to um can i ask you a question he has a lot of wait okay no okay he has he has a lot of different uh abilities he can shield charge he can he knows how to ride a horse very well he can attack from a horse he can do a lot of uh combos and and his fighting style is very adaptable okay so i think overall as a fighter he's got like sleep darts and poison darts and all that shit too so i think he's a very adaptable fighter and i think in hand-to-hand combat or weapon-to-weapon combat he is uh pretty strong okay okay so all that said what two weapons are you going to equip him with also i think we should establish um do does bird and horse count as a weapon or like a weapon slot he he won't have a horse for the fight okay. he doesn't need it 
I'd prefer if he had Senu. It's like a pretty integral part of the game. You're often using Senu. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a quick meeting, Steve. Uh, what do you think we should do about this bird situation? I would allow it if Aloy's stealth spear doesn't count as a weapon because that too is just always with her and it's an integral part of the game. Okay, fine. I will allow both of those things if Rico Rodriguez can have his grappling hook, which is always on him and an integral part of the game. Oh, sure. I agree to that. All right, none of those things count as weapons. Lock it in. Okay. Reason will prevail. Okay, so aside from your bird, what are the two weapons you're equipping? Of course, the Assassin's Blade. And weapon two, it would probably be like a longbow. Okay, cool. Um, Steve, why don't you go next? <laughs> I'm going to go with the Hunter Bow. And keep in mind, the Hunter Bow has many different ammo types that she can craft on the move. And then I'm going with the Trip Caster as my second yeah. weapon. What Could you explain the Trip Caster, please? The Trip Caster is a mm-hmm. weapon where you shoot out two prongs that form a line and then people run into it and they either get set on fire they get electrocuted and stunned and they can't move or i forget what the last one is but there's a, there's another effect that it does okay um for rico's weapons aside from the grappling hook which we've established is always on him and an integral part of gameplay um i'm gonna go with i believe it was called it was called like the scorpion cannon and it was essentially it was essentially Soldier 76's Helix rocket. It was a rocket launcher that had four slots and shot four homing rockets at moving targets. <laughs> I'm also going to equip him with the fully automatic, you know, assault rifle. And and I don't know. I'll give him one clip, two clips. You guys decide. You can have all the clips you want. I don't give oh. a shit about that. Okay. Cool. So with so moving on to who would win. Um, I almost said Aloy until you guys let me have as many fucking homing rockets and bullets as I want. Game over from a distance. Aloy's armor literally takes rockets from Deathbringers and she doesn't die. It barely even disintegrates. Also, I didn't say unlimited rockets. Yeah. Okay. Aloy can, Aloy can take a rocket to the face, buddy. So Tony, <laughs> the only armor she had on her face is like right here. Oh, all right. So this this guy is saying, you say, you don't know what armor she has because at the end of the game, you have the best armor for the final mission. Does it cover her whole face? It, her like I just said, thing. you can take a bunch of rockets from multiple Deathbringers and it doesn't even yeah, deplete you. It okay. just keeps taking it. So okay. she could take your homing rockets well, and then I think... she'll trip cast around. He'll get electrified and then she'll sneak up on him and just impale him. I think what we need, <laughs> I think what we need to consider... We have to consider the scene. You're ignoring the scene. The scene is an open field with some rocks in it. First of all, Bayek would be completely visible and noticeable in the middle of the field. He's in long grass. He's completely in stealth. Okay. He's practiced this for years of his life. So you don't even see him. You don't even know where he is right Aloy now. Aloy can hide in long grass as well. It's one of her okay, core so mechanics. Okay, so Aloy is also <laughs> hidden. Yeah. What's Rico doing? He can also hide. Kenny, yeah, is it one of his core mechanics? Is it one of his core mechanics? Is it one of his core mechanics? He can hide behind things, yeah. Can he hide in tall grass? Can he hide in tall grass? Is there tall grass in Just Cause? Can he hide in it? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I haven't found it, but probably. I don't, know. I don't know. Okay, well, let me say this. Steve Truce, Bayek is out. I mean, he would lose. 
I'm willing to hear more on yeah, this. I don't know a lot. I am too, but I just I'm going to tell you what his strategy would be, and then you guys can like be like, oh well, I think this would count. He that. would show up. Rigo would take out a cell phone, and he would lose his mind and die. Yeah, I mean, so his whole thing would be stealth to get as close as possible, use his bow to try and kill the folks from a point where they can't see him, and then use if they do end up seeing him using Senu to Senu can go and fly and distract them, which I think would be a big help in his favor. And, you know, if while that's happening, maybe he can hide again, he can stealth around more, and then he can get close enough to assassinate you with the blade. I mean, is the, yeah, there's... There, Bear just made a good point. He said, can't all these characters tank hits their video game characters after all? And that, yeah, obviously. Like, the fact that any of these people can get shot and, and not die is like... Bayek dies pretty quick in the game. Like the health isn't too forgiving. I think Bayek's out. He might have to be out. I think I think he would be he would be first out. I would think that Senu would be harder to shoot. I feel like Senu would outlive Bayek. The bird. If he, if Senu was your choice, then you might have something there. <laughs> Not Bayek, just Senu the bird. Okay, I I, I would vote Bayek. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If all three know that all three are there. No one's gonna stealth that long. I think that's a yeah. Very I don't. Good I don't think. That, I don't think they pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Which hurts Aloy because she's good with the tall grass. <laughs> she's good with the tall grass. I mean, at, at at a certain point, you just have to consider that two of them are gonna get distracted, and one of them is gonna pick off the other. You yeah. know what I mean? And while Rico's distracted with Senu, Aloy fires a perfect bow right between the eyes. That, <laughs> folks, is the end of episode forty four. Thank you for joining us. We're over gaming. Steve is like, Bayek and Rico trip on their shoelaces at the same time and bonk heads and Aloy's the winner. <laughs> oh no, that was mine was way better. He's distracted with the bird. Aloy fires the perfect shot. The guy's dead. Have you guys ever seen this show? Oh, fuck. What was it called? I think it was called Deadliest Warrior or something. It was on Spike. And they were like, what would happen I loved Deadliest if the Warrior. samurai, a green beret, and a navy seal fought against each other? It was ex- the exact conversation we're having right now. And yeah, I thought that's where we got the idea yeah, from. They were, all, <laughs> they were all useless conversations to the, for the most part. Well, okay. Some of them are cool. Oh, no, they were cool, but I don't think they were like backed by real science that much. Um I also think that grappling hook is an underrated piece of this equation. I think he could grapple, like, you can hook the grapple into things and connect them to other, like, I could, technically speaking, Rico could grapple uh, Aloy literally into the ground, making her immobile. You know what I mean? Like, he could, like, tie yeah, her legs up. Yeah, but she would just roll out of that. Yeah, like, we'll easy. see. Then, then you're like, oh, she rolls real good. And then it's a useless conversation. You know what I mean? This whole conversation is silly because everybody knows Solid Snake would would win this fight. So, um, <laughs> no, he probably just gets snuck up on by all three of them. <laughs> oh, he's just facing that. the wrong direction. <laughs> Wait, so who wins? I'm gonna say Rico. Steve is gonna say Aloy. We all agreed Bayek dies. It's a stalemate. Well, we all didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I just accepted it because you guys like to talk louder than me. I. I, the reason I don't think it'd be Rico is because, like, Aloy literally beat, like, giant robot dinosaurs. That is a good point. That is a good point. But Rico also beat, arm like, literal armies of people, obviously very well equipped with guns and armor and tanks and jets That's and all that shit. True. You know what I mean? So it I is apples to robots. Oranges. 
All you got to do is you got to unplug them and they don't work anymore. Simple as that. Well, folks in chat, let us know what you think. And and folks listening to this episode next week, let us know what you think. You can give us a call at 347-509-5620. So with that, folks, let's keep the show going. It's time for the part of the show where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patch Notes. So for Patch Notes 8.28.18, why don't we start with Matt? What do you have for the news times? I have an article for today, August that came out today, August 28th. The title is Ubisoft. Ubisoft? <laughs> It's Ubisoft. <laughs> no, Ubisoft. No, Ubisoft. Ubisoft is walking a tightrope with the Division 2's paid extras. And this is by Stephen Totillo. I will read a few quotes. The first of which is, quote, A couple of recent Division 2 community flare-ups have illustrated the challenges of modern video game publishing as Ubisoft slices and dices its upcoming game into numerous special editions and expansions. Last Tuesday, Ubisoft announced that their March 19 cover shooter, The Division 2, was available for pre-order and gave fans six different versions of the game to choose from Jesus. versions ranging from the $60 standard edition to the $250 Phoenix Shield Collector's Edition, which has a figurine, oh, yeah, like a map of DC, a game case, map, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, which is like pretty standard. You know, they always do like an ultimate edition, yeah. something like that with a figurine, things like that. But what's interesting um, and what he what the author um what he points out later is that quote ubisoft is still saying that the divisions two episode expansions will be free but those who buy the game's one year pass which is on some editions of the game that you can buy will get access to them or to parts of them a week early the standard Mm -hmm. edition without the pass sells for 60 gold edition that contains the pass goes for 100 and then you also get like an expanded inventory uh, an expanded stash where you have more slots for items. And so I just think this is silly, personally. Um, it is all a bit much. It's just a bit much. Why do you need six versions of one game? That, yeah. That's just ridiculous. And if your expansions are going to be free, I still... A, one publisher just has to do it for the domino to fall. Yep. Someone just needs to make the base price of games a little bit higher. Yeah. Yes, it sucks for all of us that we will be paying, say, $80, $85 for one AAA video game. Right. But if it saves us the headache of every time a AAA game comes out, there's something stupid and ridiculous like this, and this is just the most recent example of it, then, yes, I'll I'll just pay the extra money yeah. like, to, to get rid of this phenomena of like all like six editions of one game that's just absurd it's just absurd and i think there's like two editions that have two different figurines and they actually attach with one another if you get both yeah really i did not read that like one of the like tiers is like get both of why yeah yeah it is a bit much and and, don't um, understand it jared petty former ign former ea now he does stuff for kind of funny has always said he's like video games it like costs so much to make video games. They should just be more expensive. And like you said, yeah, it would suck for us to pay a little bit more, but it just makes sense considering 
everything that goes into a video game. And I think it'll prevent situations like this where it's like, get a pack of pogs with this new division two fucking game, you know? Can um, you imagine paying $250 for the division two? Like, I mean like the division was like fun, but like, I can't imagine paying $200 for death stranding and I'm ready to pay $200 for death stranding, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Didn't you pay like $400 for that necklace? <laughs> no, I paid in the uh, close to two hundreds, but that's, <laughs> that's a piece of prized history from no, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they should just charge more for video games. Because they deserve to cost more, is my point. Also, you want a map of DC? Come come down to my house. I'll walk you around DC I know, for free. Like a map well, of DC. I might charge you. What? In any case, Steve, why don't you go next? What do you have for the news? Uh, unfortunately, I feel like we kind of can't go throughout the episode without the elephant in the room of what happened at the Madden tournament in Jacksonville. I mean, there's really nothing that we're going to say that hasn't been said a thousand times. Like, this mm. type of stuff is absolutely disgusting it's terrible and it kind of makes you worry about going to certain events for what it's worth i mean i don't know what it's worth i do say like our condolences our thoughts are with you know elijah clayton taylor robertson their families um all the victims who were literally just trying to have a little bit of fun with video games and some asshole decided to ruin that for too many people unfortunately i guess we could use it as a very sad reminder that for these types of events you have to be prepared for this type of stuff. Um, unfortunately, I do think it's a reality. While it doesn't happen, you know, every single weekend, it's happening far too frequently to not be prepared. PAX is right around the corner by the time this plays. It'll have already happened. So I guess we kind of use this as a chance to remind everybody, like, if you're going to these events, these conventions, these gaming events, if whether you're solo or with a group, just kind of make plans make emergency plans just in case things go south um it'll probably take you you know 10 to 15 minutes to come up with these plans just in case like where you're gonna meet if you know you're not together when something terrible happens um so really take that time to figure out where you're gonna go in these types of conventions because as we've seen with pax i know in pax east in boston it was a little bit better because boston has seen its share of terrible things I don't think we need to really go too much into detail on that. So there were metal detectors, but even still with those, the bag checks were kind of minimal. So, you know, I've seen people all over Twitter and social media calling out to PAX West and, you know, other game events just asking, what's your security procedures going to be? So I hope there's an increase in security in all these events, um, just because like we've seen with cosplayers, it's easy to kind of get stuff in because you you don't know what's what. So I'm hoping right. that this kind of, it's an eye opener for the people putting on events and the people attending these events, just to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Yeah. Really unfortunate situation. Definitely makes me nervous for packs, you know, that's, and it's shitty that that's a reality. Yeah. Not much more to say. Unfortunate and shitty that this is, um, you know, the times we live in. It's unfortunate that people can't even enjoy video games without that kind of danger being real. Yeah. I, 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 you're right. There's, there's not a lot that we can say to add to the conversation in terms of, insight or even solutions in a way but we do want to recognize these things because it is uh it does affect us so let's keep it going i'm gonna bring it to you a little lighter of a note i'm gonna talk about cyberpunk 2077 gameplay uh and this is coming from GameSpot from kevin this is a, an interesting last name kevin nezevich we're gonna go with that I'll reach out to him and ask him if that's how you do it. Is this is this it? Is this how you say it? He's like, yeah. That's it. Excuse me, Kevin? Kevin K? Is that you? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop calling me. Um, so this is, again, coming from 
GameSpot, um, after months of anticipation, CD Projekt Red has finally shared the first gameplay footage of Cyberpunk 2077. The developer's mysterious Twitch livestream, which kicked off earlier in the day and cryptically broadcast lines of code being typed out on a screen for several several hours, concluded with an extended look at the uh, upcoming open-world sci-fi RPG, and it was certainly impressive. The footage on display during the stream was taken from the same gameplay demo that CD Projekt Red showcased to the press at E3 and Gamescom 2018. The demo begins with V, your customized protagonist, traveling to a gang hideout with her ally Jackie to locate a missing cyborg. Uh, the mission quickly escalates to a firefight with gang members showing off Cyberpunk 2077's RPG-rooted take on gunplay. Later in the demo, V is given a quest to acquire a drone, which takes her and Jackie into the compound of a Maelstrom gang. Perhaps most impressive, the footage also provides uh, a much closer look at Night City, the sprawling and rich detail and richly detailed futuristic metropolis that serves as the game's setting. If you haven't seen that gameplay, I strongly suggest you go and check it out because it looks phenomenal. I was actually watching some of it um, while we were talking earlier. <laughs> I'll be real with you. Um, looks <laughs> beautiful. It looks really phenomenal. I mean, it's just such an interesting like change from the witcher uh obviously i think that's like almost too obvious to to mention or like almost cliche to be like what a change but it's true and yeah it looks really smooth the gunplay reminds me a lot of wolfenstein very hectic and fast-paced the one thing that i think is a little bit off right now is the voice acting i've heard some other people say it as well um some of the voice acting doesn't totally land but it, it still looks rad um and i am very excited for it whenever Whenever it decides to show up in our lives. So go check out the um, Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Got me really excited for it. Well, folks, that was Patch Notes, where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Uh, Before we close it out, let's check voicemails, because I think we might have one or maybe two. So let me pull up the voicemail, uh, and I actually know that we do. We have a voicemail from our very own Christine. So let's listen to what Christine has to say. Hey guys, it's Christine. Awesome episode with the indie games. I absolutely loved it. I think indie games are making a real uh, statement these past couple years. I just wanted to mention one of my favorite indie games, Stardew Valley. It is absolutely amazing. It's super relaxing. It's kind of my downtime game. A very nice homage to the Harvest Moon series in a pixelated style. And there's now multiplayer added, so we should all totally get this game and farm together. Be like a dream come true. Anyway, you guys are doing great work. Thanks for all that you do. Love you guys. Bye. Christine, I have Stardew Valley. Weren't you really into so Stardew sh- Valley on, on Switch? I'm so glad she brought it up because it's like kind of insane we didn't mention it. It's it was made by one yeah. person. Yeah. I remember that being like one of your biggest selling points on the Switch. Like we were like before Steve and I got the Switch and it was just you that had one, we'd be like what's you know, why should we get it? Like kind of convince us and you were like I just love getting in bed playing Stardew Valley. <laughs> like that was like your thing. So you were the Stardew Valley guy on this podcast. It was awesome. Yeah. Super super chill game. No, I mean I could I could fucking talk about indies all day. That was one of my favorite episodes we did. I loved the conversation we had um the messenger is out in like 48 hours or so uh look out for our review we're gonna have all sorts of shit coming from there um what's what's the game that i was thinking about oh yeah have you guys heard about this um donut county it just came out you play a hole in the ground and you move the hole around it's on 
Steam, it's on the Mac App Store, it's on uh, iPhone and Android, and it's on Switch, I think. And I know it's on PS4. I could be wrong about the Switch, but um, you play a hole in the ground and you move around and you like suck things into the hole. You move around like this town, and as the hole sucks things in, it gets bigger. And that's pretty much it. Also made by one person. Uh, really incredible. Like for the last like six years, this guy's been working on it. So um, pretty rad. I think Into the Breach just came out that's on the right. Switch, too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also a very yeah. good game. Cool. Well, that was Christine. Thanks for calling in. We sure love it when you call in. So before we close it out, let's take a quick look at chat and answer any questions that came up. I What about community? Community shout out. Oh yeah, who's our community shout out? Oh, baby phase. Okay, before we get into Twitch chat questions. One of the members of our community, our own phase, holding it down in Norway. He just became a father. So congrats to you. Aww. Uh congrats to your family. We're we're so happy for you and little baby phase uh so shout out to baby phase being the uh, newest member of the ombra gaming family we're thinking of you i hope you get some sleep i i imagine maybe you'll be streaming a little less which is too bad uh, but maybe you'll do like a streaming with yeah, baby. maybe you'll do an irl stream that would be rad um so shout out to you guys all all you phase you and your family are our community shout out so with that, let's take a look at Twitch chat. Um, I know we had a couple questions. Uh, this is from Critical Reviews, a.k.a. Jimmy Good. Uh, Does playing a well-realized character in an action-slash-adventure game coerce you to act in certain ways? Um, yes. Well, because like, uh, like in Red Dead Redemption, you're playing John Marson, who used to be an outlaw, and you have the choice to either be good or bad in your interactions with people, but because he's genuinely trying to like get his family back and do right by the FBI and trying to right his past, I, wasn't, I was just totally compelled to go through that entire game doing the, the good interactions, I guess you could say. So I would agree. I think it uh, depends. Yeah, I think like if... Because Bayek doesn't have, you don't have choices in terms of the storyline, but like in Odyssey, you will. So I think that'll be interesting. But like in The Witcher, I'm always trying to just be Geralt. And like sometimes, because he's so well realized, and sometimes he's going to be an asshole. So I, I pick those options, but he has a good heart deep down. So when there's like a real choice that you have to make, I always go sort of the route that I think he would choose. I think there's a sense of that in uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 as well, especially because it encourages you to not kill people i think that's absolutely true there was a story that greg miller told about red dead um and he said there was like some mission where he he like went one of the missions was to like go find something for like an ailing grandfather or something and you go help this grandfather who's really sick and the grandfather is just like by himself in his house he doesn't really recognize anybody is kind of um is like kind of dealing with dementia and is just like re really tough to like look at even, you know, like he's just like kind of in a really sad state. And Greg Miller said, you know, he, he completed the mission and walked out of the house. And then he was just like, you know, like I'm playing as like the good guy in this story. I'm going to go back and essentially put this guy to his misery because he's really sick. And so I think that's a perfect example of when you feel really compelled to act in certain ways because your character is so realized, because the environment in which your character exists and acts is also really re well realized. So, yeah, I would say resounding yes. Um, and then Bear's question, this is coming from Bear. 
Uh, question for you. If you were to take a BuzzFeed quiz on what Diablo 2 character type you are, what would your results be? For reference, the options are Amazon, Barbarian, Necromancer, Paladin, Sorceress, Assassin, and Druid. What character would you choose and what? If like you had to take a BuzzFeed quiz and what the results would be. So basically, uh, which character would you choose? <laughs> But what the what would the bud just like an elaborate way to ask? Hey, which character would you choose out of these options? Exactly. (laughs) No, what would you get in your BuzzFeed results? In in your BuzzFeed results, you'd be like, "You're a bologna sandwich." Share it on Facebook. (laughs) Necromancer, sorceress, druid, Uh, Amazon, paladin, assassin, and that was it. I'm just gonna go with barbarian. You know, you guys just tell me. I I think you would probably be. I would say either sorceress or paladin. I don't know. I think you would probably be a sorceress because you said you... you... No, actually, no, because you don't really care for magic. You always do, like, the stealth archer approach. Right, right. Yeah, I guess sorceress or... I would want to be necromancer, but BuzzFeed would give me sorceress. Um, I would probably be an assassin because it seems easy. Like, you just kind of hide a lot and you kill somebody sometimes and other times you just sleep in, right? Isn't that what assassins do? (laughs) I have no idea. Is fighter? I feel like you'd be a fighter. I could be a fighter, but that's but that's not, not one of choice. the options that he gave us in Diablo. So that's that is what it is. Well, folks, if we don't have any more questions from Twitch chat, uh, I think Bearshare asked me if there was lime juice in my water. There is not, for I am not drinking Lacroix out of a glass. Only serial killers would do that. So if we don't have any more questions from Twitch chat, we are going to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. That was episode forty-four of the Umbra gaming podcast i hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you i'll tell you what we had a great time thank you to everybody who stopped in in twitch chat we appreciate y'all being here with us and of course guys check us out at patreon.com slash gaming if you want to help the show grow and if you want to help us be the very best podcast we could be then throw us a buck or two. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, and and check us out wherever podcasts are listened to. Uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, the Android thing that Android folks do. And everywhere in between, you can find us there and let us know how much you like us. Give us a rating. Give us a star. Whatever it is, we would love your feedback. Unless you don't like us, in which case, just don't tell us. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, We appreciate you, and I'll tell you what, we'll talk to you very soon. 